Kevin Booth was a five-time national champion in men's pro doubles in outdoor racquetball. Kevin plays pickleball at a very high level, too, having finished second in the men's senior pro division with his partner, John Sperling, at the recent Pickleball Nationals. In this interview, Kevin gives some great tips from racquetball that can help your pickleball game. So let's get to the intro to hear from Kevin. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I'd like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Kevin Booth. How are you doing today, Kevin? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, too, here in uh, almost sunny Southern California, which I know that's probably where you are right now, too. I am, and it's (laughs) semi-sunny. All right. Well, I do always like to start off the Pickleball Fire podcast with a little bit about your journey in terms of how you got started in the game and how long ago that was. Oh, okay. Well, I'll start off with I've been playing about six years or just over that, I guess. As a lot of people know, I've played racquetball for a lot of years competitively at a high level. I quit that, got into squash, which just absolutely loved it, but started causing hip issues, just too much darn running. Tried to go back to racquetball, just was couldn't do it anymore, was over it, done with it. And then a friend who I'd known for quite some time said, you should try pickleball. And I laughed at him and said, that sounds totally lame. What is that? So I took a quick look at him. Hmm. And then about a week later, they were playing at my club, our association. We have a few courts. I'm going to go over there and see what this pickleball is all about. Picked up a wood paddle off the front desk, went out and kind of waxed everybody, just a bunch of weekenders. And they're like, you got to go to this other place in Tustin where all the good players play. I went there a couple of days later and it was pickleball nirvana and i've been playing ever since got hooked pretty quick so that's how i got into it that's a great story and honestly one of the reasons i wanted to have you on the podcast is you had a lot of success at nationals in in 2021 and then i did a little bit of research on your background and found out that you have such a amazing racquetball resume. And I haven't talked to a lot of racquetball players here on the podcast, Jackie Price, Laura Fenton, but in both cases, we didn't really take kind of a deep dive into what you get from racquetball that translates really well into pickleball. So give the audience a little bit of idea, because as I think about the people that I meet on the pickleball court, a lot of them have a tennis background, probably next to tennis, I would say the next most is a racquetball background. So what does racquetball bring to the table for pickleball? Oh, God. Agility, mobility, movement. My specialty, I did play and compete indoors, but my specialty was outdoor or what we call three-wall racquetball. A little bit different. Ball comes in and goes out at all different angles and heights, and there's a much larger variety of shots. So I would say that's one of the things that really appealed to me when it came to pickleball is that it's you can hit so many different shots at any given time so the i love the creativity part of it as people know that watch me i'm not i can sit and grind and dink all day if i have to and i understand and realize the value in that but i love the variety of the shots that you're able to hit in pickleball so yeah i would say that helped me fortunate for me i grew up a baseball player and a tennis player as a young kid quit tennis when I had high school because I had to choose baseball, whoops, wouldn't like to go back and redo that. But so I had a little bit of a tennis background. So I understand 
the value of a set wrist and not being too wristy where some racquetball players come in and they're just a little bit too slappy and too wristy and they're more concerned about power as opposed to accuracy and finesse so luckily i think a little bit of tennis background i did have really helped but as far as to answer your question agility mobility competitive edge i mean i love to compete and that's what really helps me in pickleball your background in racquetball is quite different than mine because I was, I rarely played outdoor. And when I did, I was horrible because I didn't really understand the game. So tell me a little bit about the variety that you do bring from racquetball to pickleball, because like you said, everybody can dink, but it sounds like your game has more variety. Can you go a little bit more into in depth in terms of what that is? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's again, I pickleball is fun for me because I can be creative. Early on, I, I realized watching YouTube, watching the top players, realizing can't miss your serve, can't miss your drop, can't miss your return of serve. Got to be able to dink all day and cover the court, which, so I put a lot of stock into that the first year I played. And then once I got real comfortable, then I started bringing in a lot more shots. I, I as most people know, I, I like to lob more than the average person. I'll attack more than the average person. And it doesn't always bode well for me. <laughs> I realize when push comes to shove, I have to be more patient, but Outdoor racquetball has just helped me be creative and helped me try to, I like to try and dictate what's going on in the court. I don't want to feel I'm behind in a rally. I want to feel like I'm making my opponent feel a little uncomfortable. So I think that's what it kind of brings me again. Indoor racquetball, the ball stays ankle high and everyone's trying to roll the ball out. Outdoor racquetball, you can lob, you can hit high two wall shots. There's a lot of different shots. I won't go into the names of them because people might not understand them, but a lot of different angles and variety and um, different types of passing shots where indoor you have a back wall. So there's not much value in a passing shot because the ball just comes back. But yeah, I think the most fun for me is when I get into a groove and pick a ball is I can hit 10, 15 different shots at any given time. And that's fun and you know, keeps your opponent off guard. Right. Like you said, there is so much to outdoor racquetball and as you could see i played so infrequently i i don't think i ever used a lob so that was definitely a learning experience coming to pickleball because it really can be a very effective shot now one of the other things that you said you know that was really interesting and what we talked about so far is that you never want to be behind in a rally and you always want to dictate the points is that largely because of your creativity you're able to kind of stay ahead and and out in front and be more controlling of the game well i feel if you're pushing or dictating the pace of play and being a little bit aggressive and keeping your opponent off guard and you feel like you know you have more control of what's going on within the rally you're able to hit more shots at any given time as opposed to if i'm chasing my tail and somebody's pushing me around and out dinking me and pushing me off balance. If I try and do anything too creative, it's going to be a bad move. I'm going to try and throw up a lob and it's going to get slammed as opposed to if I'm on balance because I'm controlling the rally. So I think when you are able to dictate the pace, and I'm not, when I say pace, I'm not talking about speed of the ball, but just keeping people off balance, then you're able to, you know, choose from your repertoire a lot easier than you are when you're being pushed off balance. So that's why, I, that's what I like. Because once I know I'm in charge of the rally, I like to say sometimes a shot just picks you. You don't even know you're going to hit a lob and it just it goes in because it was the right shot at the right time. So I think it helps to to dictate what's going on so that you can choose your shots more freely. Do you feel like you maybe have fewer 
regular tendencies than most people, because one of the interesting things I heard about the game of squash is if you looked at the highest level players, they were really very unpredictable in, in given situations. Do you feel your game is kind of similar to that? I think so. I, when, when the game breaks down to a four-way slow dink war with everybody at the net, uh, I think if you ask my competitors, the guys at the top level, they tend to maybe stay away from me a little bit in the slower game because they know I'm a little unpredictable and I will attack off the ground. A lot of people don't like to attack off the ground, meaning off after the ball is bounced, but I play a little more freely. Again, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes I'm too aggressive. And I know since I've been playing in six years, everyone's gotten better. Everyone's created more ability to hit more shots and defend and attack. But yeah, I think that it helps me. And squash, there was a lot of shots, but when push came to shove, there was a select few shots. It was still about controlling the center of the court, much like racquetball, but the running and the endurance in that sport was pretty insane. Loved it, but eventually that sport runs everybody in the ground because there's just too much darn running. You did mention that you, from racquetball, of course, you did bring agility and mobility. And I think you probably... Yeah, yeah. I was a fitness instructor for a lot of years. I owned a gym. I've owned a wellness clinic, but COVID kind of put a nail on that. So I believe in training and recovery and, and core strength. And again, racquetball really, the great thing about racquetball, if you get to a high level, is that the core strength you develop and the leg strength you develop because as you, because you're playing very low to the ground and twisting and turning and driving off your legs. I used to have people ask me all the time, well, how do you get your legs so big? I said, I play racquetball. So it was great training for that. It gave me a lot of core strength and leg strength. Um, so that's come a long way. I realize now as I'm older, I'm having to work at it a little bit more. <laughs> Does that mean more time in the gym? I, I Because I think my question really is for other people who maybe don't have that racquetball background, how do you develop the legs and that agility and mobility? Well, yeah, you have to cross train. I don't care what your sport is. You can't just excel by only doing your sport. You look at people like Tyson McGuffin and, and some of the guys that really train hard and look very fit. They're training hard. I can guarantee you they're probably training almost as many hours off the court as they are on. So yes, you have to do definitely more training, strength training, leg strength core strength. The downside of pickleball is it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. People love it. They get hooked. They play. I have a lot of friends, older, younger, that are some retired and play every day and sometimes twice a day, which is crazy. And then almost all of them end up getting injured. So they don't cross train enough, whether it's an Achilles tendon, a rotator cuff, a low back. So yeah, we and I do play in the senior pro division. So yeah, we need to stay fit. And the older we get, the more careful we need to be. So and that, but that goes for every level. If you want to push whatever sport you're playing to the next level, you better train. What does your current training schedule look like off and on the court? Gosh, between work and teaching, I'm lucky if I get to play socially. And when I say socially, an aggressive high level game once a week, which isn't too conducive to my game. I wish I could play as much as a lot of the guys do. I'm not retired. I like to go to the, I have a gym in my home and I also go to the gym. I'm usually working out three, four days a week. Don't get to play as much as I w wished. I am on the court several hours, a few hours a day, but a lot of that is teaching. It's great. It's fun. Love it. Not necessarily as good for my game as it is for my students, but we do what we can. I also have two teenagers, so that <laughs> keeps us hopping also. It does sound like you're very busy, but 
before I go on to a couple other things, I want to circle back to one other thing that we talked about in relationship to racquetball. And in racquetball, you know, you tend to snap your wrist. You have a loose wrist, which is very different, of course, than tennis and and pickleball. I mean, do you have to have a set wrist when you play pickleball, or are there any situations where you can have a, a looser wrist? Well, sure. When you're smashing a ball, especially in overhead, you're going to snap your wrist. There are times where you have to have the balls behind you, but at impact, you want to set wrist because if you snap your wrist, the ball is going to take off on you and it's going to go way too fast and too far. Just like when you and I were playing racquetball, we would snap our wrist at impact to create additional power. Power is not really that important in pickleball. It's, it's all about placement, accuracy, and consistency. So again, I was lucky to have played a bit of tennis as a kid. Also played a lot of ping pong, so I tend to choke up maybe more than some. Some people choke up and, and put their finger on the paddle. Callan Dawson even puts two fingers on the paddle. It helps him keep his wrist very set and gives him a lot of control. So yeah, I mean, that's one of the hardest things to get students to do is stop using so much wrist because then the ball's jumping off the paddle and they can't control it. So yeah, but setting your wrist is really important. And, and again, why most high percentage of the top level players play the, a high level of tennis. The crossover is much easier coming from that sport than most. Now, in what aspect of the game, if you don't set your wrist, do you tend to be hurt the most? Oh, good question. Well, I would say your dinks and your your drops and resets. You know, you have to be so finitely accurate. Some people get a little slappy when they're hitting drives from the baseline. You can get away with that, especially if you're a racquetball player. But for sure, your your drops and resets and your dinks that you're trying to drop in the front half of the kitchen. One of the other things you mentioned, too, is that pickleball is really much more about accuracy than power. And given that you teach other people a few hours a week, how do you help them to develop that accuracy? Footwork, patience learning how to, you know, track the ball, get it into the, you know, into your, what we call the go zone. You you have a hitting spot. You don't want to be jammed. You don't want to be off balance and hitting awkward shots. So for most people, for, you know, the low to mid-level players, it, it, the, the biggest barrier is getting them to move their feet and getting the ball in a consistent position so they can hit consistent shots. Otherwise they are manipulating every shot and tend to use more wrist to compensate. That's one of the toughest things. Now, if you're talking about a high-level player in any, any other racket sport, they understand that. But for most people that didn't play racket sports or and or at a high level, getting them to move their feet and getting the ball in the right spot each time so they can be consistent is really the biggest trick, most important. And then what's the best way for a player to improve their footwork? Oh, we do. We do footwork drills. We do balance drills. It's repetition. It's trying to help them understand when they want to hit the ball. A lot of people see ball, hit ball, as opposed to you see the ball move so it's in the right position before you hit the ball. But really, it's just making sure that they're balanced and they have core strength and they're not, again, off balance. All right. So just, I'm just going to finish up with a couple more questions. I know you've got a busy schedule what does your tournament schedule look like for 2022? <laughs> that is an excellent question. Because I am busy, <clears throat> I do not plan too far in advance like a lot of the top players, which is a detriment to my schedule. I have 
probably a half a dozen tournaments scheduled this coming year. There's a lot I haven't partnered for. So I'm probably cutting back my schedule this year because I am busy. I am going to be 60 this year while I enjoy playing the traveling tends to get a bit old drawing drawing my wife into it we might play a more seen a few more senior mix events just for fun to travel to some of the nicer spots but probably won't play as much this year as i have in the past all right then if somebody wants to get a hold of you maybe they're local to the southern california area orange county what's the best way for them to reach out well my email is kevin at evolvepickleball.com That's probably the best way. All right. Well, let me finish up by asking you, I always like to ask the the pros and the senior pros, which pickleball paddle do you use and why do you like it? Well, I use Gearbox, as most people know. I love that they're applying a high level of technology to the creation of their paddles. I'll give you a long story as short as possible. When I played professional racquetball, I was sponsored by Gearbox. I quit racquetball switched to pickleball and then when i finally told the owner of gearbox why i quit racquetball i was playing this silly game called pickleball he immediately picked up the phone and said well i'm going to start making paddles so i've helped him for a couple years and now he's makes an incredible product from a, a durability standpoint and it's just a large sweet spot on the paddle so i love their technology and he's an engineer by trade so he's always pushing the envelope and creating good products so Uh, and a bunch of great guys that own and run that company. So yeah, Gearbox is my choice. I have to admit the last time I I played racquetball, well, I played in my 20s and then I didn't play for about 20 years. And then I went back in my 40s and I definitely had that Gearbox racket for racquetball, which I I thoroughly enjoyed. So I I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. And the company is a great company. And again, they're always... They're always going to, every paddle is going to be better than the next. He's, he applies a lot of technology to the engineering of his paddle. So, All right. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Just so many great tips and really good explanation around uh, what racquetball can bring to the game and what it can't bring to the game. So thank you so much for being on. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 